welcome to Everything Acting Podcast. We come to you from the capital of the world, New York City. My name is Darby Worley. And I'm Roz Coleman. Join us as we inform, inspire, and demystify the actor's journey. Hi, Roz. Hi, Darby. How's it going? It's going good. What a shitty week. I know. This is like bad news week. All bad of news week. It's just <laughs> terrible. So um, we're recording this on August 13th. Is that 14th. right? August 14th. 14th. August 14th. And so this is the week that we have the police state in Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri. We have um, subsequent to the killing of an innocent, unarmed black teenager. We have... Um, Syria, everybody's getting killed over there. We have ISIS um, kidnapping (laughs) Christians and starving old ladies and beheading. Where are those girls? And what? And where are those girls? Yeah, where are the girls? And and now we don't even have a Robin Williams to help to help explain it to us and take our mind off it. What a terrible week! I know it's really hard to deal with, Um, especially. I mean, these images of, of people like with guns pointed at them, regular citizens, just feels like crazy, like it's not our country. Yeah. And the loss of an artist so great, so in such a sad way is just really devastating. Yeah. So I, you know, I, w- I was thinking about this before I went in to teach uh, my classes on Tuesday. And, it, and that was the day after we heard about Robin Williams, right? So we got the news at like eight o'clock that night mm-hmm. on, on Monday night. And then Tuesday morning, I woke up and I just, I just felt so heavy, 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 heavy. And I walked into my class and I could just tell that everybody, it was like, it was like there was a wet blanket over the room. And it dawned on me. I was like, you know, it, it does really suck. Like everything sucks. At, like just pick a story. It's all horrible. Like nothing good is happening in the world, it seems. But... We do have, I do have a bit of good news, and that is that the world's largest, most effective pharmacy is located right between our ears. And, you know, like we have the ability to change our moods, to lift our moods, to change our minds simply by changing our thoughts and by activating the part of your brain that releases those feel-good endorphin chemicals. And so here's my recommendation. If you're feeling shitty, like I think most Americans are, most people in the world are feeling kind of crummy, the best thing you can do is get out and get moving. Do something to turn that part of your brain on to flood yourself with those endorphins that are like a drug, you know? You have the ability to do that. That. So you have, but you have to work. You have to get out and like actually break a sweat, right? I'm watching Roz in, in, on TV here, and she's like stretching because it starts to sound good to you, right? When you think about like, oh, that 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 does work. <laughs> now she's doing leg lifts. <laughs> um, it does work. So like, if you can just, if you're feeling blue, like a lot of people are, I just suggest get up and get moving and do like put on some music. I highly recommend the the Jackson Five song Rock and Robin. Oh, that's a great song. That's a great song. So anyway, it all sucks. But I also have some um, really good news. The interview this week is my nickname for her is the human exclamation point. (laughs) 
energy. Yeah, she's a lot of energy. A lot of energy. I actually want I, I want to go back and like between the two of us, like we both we have similar writing styles. Her name is um Cheryl Texera, by the way. And she's awesome. And she's on um Girl Meets World. She's got a recurring role on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's hilarious, she's hot, she's sexy, she's funny, she's smart. You are going to love this interview. Um, but I want to go back and look at our email correspondence and maybe and try to count the exclamation marks that we both use. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, hi, can't wait to see you. Hi, I can't wait to see you either. Oh my God, you're so fun. No, you're so fun. No, she's awesome. So, wait. I, how'd, you, how'd you meet her? She reached out to us. What? Yes. She reached out to us. She um, is a listener of the show. She loves the show. And she wrote a note saying that she would like to come on. And I was just thrilled to have her because, you know, we really don't give LA enough love. We don't. And so I was really excited to have her on the show. And she's just, she's just awesome. I can't say enough good things about her. She's just as sweet as pie um, and quite lovely. I think you'll enjoy the interview. Okay, great. I can't right. wait to hear it. I guess I, I didn't want the talking laws. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll say something after the end. Okay, good. So um, without further ado, here's Cheryl. Welcome back. You're listening to Everything Acting Podcast, and joining me now is Cheryl Texera. Am I saying that right? You are. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Usually it's like it's a whole conversation piece. <laughs> I got excited when I saw your Twitter handle because I thought for a second you might be from Texas, which is where I was born. But no, it's your last name, right? Yeah. So Cheryl is about to um, become a big thing, I think, in LA. Um, you, tell, tell us what you're working on right now. Uh, well, right now I'm recurring on uh, Disney's Girl Meets World, and I'm also, um, my character is being brought back for season 10 on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and my writing partner and I actually uh, were in pre-production with a film with Raging Bull Entertainment that we wrote and will be in. So it's exciting. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, which is really wonderful. So we'll get back to that in a minute. But before we do that, we always like to start at the beginning. So um, tell the people how you got started. How did you know you wanted to be an actor? Oh, um, I knew I wanted to be an actor from the time that I was like a little girl. I was like six watching Annie, and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And then um, – I met a friend in like uh, grade school whose her whole family did theater. And so yeah. I thought that that was just wild and crazy. I was like, whoa, tell me more. And so we, of course, became very close. And she was kind of like my outlet where I could perform with her. So we would like perform in the back of the classroom. And then when I got to high school, I, w I actually was in the plays. And that was where I actually got to you know, kind of work on my craft, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And then my mom kept thinking it was a phase and I would get out of it. And then I went to college and I, and I kept in it. And then I went to uh, Tish, uh, NYU's Tish. And at that point, that was kind of the turning point for my family where they kind of realized, um, okay, I think, I think she might actually be pursuing this. Um, so they, they've been incredibly supportive from that moment on. And then uh, I fell into the dance world because there's, I mean, you're in New York, so, right? 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a ton of theater and I, op- I opened a, a theater company with a friend at the time and I started choreographing the shows and mm-hmm. I didn't have training, but I knew that I could dance. Mm-hmm. So that kind of led to a whole dance journey where I was on So You Think You Can Dance and I came out to LA and once I was here, I was kind of like, okay, well, this dance thing isn't really my dive, but um, I'm going to stay out here for, for acting. And yeah. then I guess I, I'm saying then, you know, that whole journey and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, let's, let's back up to, um, to your NYU, your um, college experience. So what, what year was that when, how long, how, like, what's the time frame? How long did it, between college and LA and all, like, how long did all that take? Well, I, I only, I only stayed at NYU for a semester. It wasn't oh, okay. for me. Yeah. Um, the, the whole conservatory thing wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't my speed, but I totally respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there, I would say about a year, a year or two mm-hmm. after I graduated college, I, I made the move out to LA. Okay, cool. Um, so what I'm getting at, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but that's okay. What I'm hearing from you and what I can see from your website and what you've done, you are all about making your own way, which is something that we absolutely champion on the show. So how long have you been writing your own material? Okay, that happened. It's funny. I'm, if, you, if you would say I'm making my own way, it's because I kind of had to. It's because I wanted to work. And so it's like, if people aren't casting me, I'm going to work. So I create this stuff. Um, and so I started writing officially, I would say about two to two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and the way that that started was I got engaged and things happened really uh, really great with my career right right off the bat, right after I got engaged. I really thought we were leading into a pilot season that I was very excited about. And then it was crickets. And it was so, I mean, disheartening. And um, I kind of, I, I was... I wasn't uh, creatively fulfilled at all because I kept waiting for those auditions to come because I was like, I've got some great credits right now. It's going to happen. And it just didn't. And I didn't understand why because I had a number of relationships in the industry. So that it just really confused me. And what that did was I was like, okay, well, you know what? I was losing my mind planning this wedding anyway, so I started a sketch show called um, Confessions of a Bride-to-Be on YouTube, and that was just a really fun, creative outlet. Um, And then a friend of mine who had been writing for probably at that point about five years approached me, and she had an idea for a feature film, and we co-wrote that together, and very quickly that got a very strong response, and through... Just, I guess, meeting certain people and some really great things coming to be, we ended up selling it with ourselves still attached to a production company that now has it in pre-production. And then, you know, again, with things happening and, you know, I felt like, all right, I'm making things happen. I... I left my agents at the time and then my manager retired and I had I had three meetings with some heavy hitting agents that didn't pan out. And I really thought I would have bet money that they were going to. And it was at a moment again where it was right around pilot season and I was like, it's going to happen. And it didn't. 
And it, then it was like, I'm completely like I was unrepresented. I didn't understand this industry at all. I had a number of credits. It was like, how is this happening that I created uh, Confessions of a Bittersweet Actress? And that was, again, it was like, I didn't want to, but a voice kept telling me, you need to do this. And it was a great experience. And and actually, that just got nominated for um, an ITV Festival uh, Award. So I'm like, what? So it's crazy. <laughs> So let's let's talk a little bit about the business of acting. So how did you find your agent the first time around, the one that you ended up leaving? Okay. Um, well, it wasn't an agent. It was a manager at first. I was taking a bunch of casting director workshops and, um, you know, it was this wonderful place where the actors were very, it was like a community. We really supported each other. Um, and I still have many close friends from that experience. And we all just uh, went to a ton of these workshops and just watched each other work. And what I started doing was I started asking the casting directors if, um, if they would call me in without representation. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, people were my friends and they like approached me and they were like, you're not represented. Here's a referral. So I got a referral through that. And then with the manager, I booked, um, I booked Parks and Rec and it's always sunny. And then he was resistant on actually reaching out to an agent, but I kind of hit a wall where I was like, I, I want an agent to represent me. Like I just, I think, you know, more people out there, more people putting things, you know, out in the universe, more auditions, more money. Like what is like, why are you not on board with this? <laughs> so, um, how did I, uh, Metropol Oh, so the way that that happened was I was in a short film and I kind of just made an agreement with myself. I'm going to get my reel together and I'm going to start reaching out to contacts. And when I called the director of the short film to get the footage, I told him what I was doing and he goes, you know who you should be with. And it was someone who represented two of the people that were in the film and I got a meeting. So oh, that's fantastic. So why did you end up leaving that agency? It was, it, it just, it, they're it kind of, they, they were wonderful people. And I think we just kind of, I guess, I guess outgrew each other. It mm -hmm. just, it's kind of, it got a little too quiet for a little too long. And I don't, I wouldn't say that it was anybody's fault. I just think that it was kind of like, okay, I think maybe, maybe there, you know, we need to explore other horizons. And it just, it was just the time. It was time to go. What's your strategy for staying in touch with your agency and kind of, um, working together as a team. A lot of times actors, especially who are just starting out, tend to think of themselves very small and the agency very big and are intimidated about staying in touch and working together. It, it never feels like they're working for us, right? A lot of people have that feeling. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, just, I, I really like to stay in close communication with them. I like to give them a heads up and email. Email is the, the strongest one with mm -hmm. who I'm working with right now. And I just like to give them like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, and I don't like to, um, give them a, a barrage of emails hoping like they'll see me. I trust that they're working for me and I trust it's, it's a lot of, it's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's a lot about just trusting that yeah. they're doing their job. It's if you are doing your job and they're the right representation for you, trust that they're doing their job, even though you may not see you know, the residual uh, millions of auditions that I'm sure many actors would love to see, it doesn't mean that they're not on the phone hustling. 
So that's yeah. I, I well, and, and what I, I what I like about what you're saying is that you're continuing to do your own work and show them that you're holding up your part of the bargain. And the end of the day, we get ninety, they get ten, right? Mm-hmm. So so you really have to like take it upon yourself to do ninety percent of the work. Yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's you couldn't have said it better. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about, um, so I kind of know um, where to go for casting workshops in New York, but we don't have, we don't talk about LA a whole lot. So where are the places that people should go out in LA where like legit people who are working, the people you want to meet, where do you go for those? First off, there are a ton. Really? Um, there's a ton in LA. You could probably just do a Google search and find a whole bunch. Um, but I would say the ones that I've personally had experience with um, is the casting network, which is right in the Valley and, uh, the actor's key. And they're both, uh, pretty different, but they also have similarities. The actor's key is primarily just one-on-one. Um, and the casting network has both. They have one-on-one as well as workshops where you actually get to watch people's work. And the place that really, where I did all of my workshops right when I was really like heavy into it was actor site which right now I believe they've, um, they primarily just have a focus in the children's division. So if you are coming to LA and you have a child, I highly recommend them. Okay, cool. Um, so let's, let's try Let's, let's move over to more of the artistic side. That's the business side. Let's talk about, let's talk about, um, your creative process. Um, I was looking at your reel and I'll preface this by saying that I have played a lot of prostitutes and horrors and bimbos in my career. <laughs> and so this is not a dig, but so do you. How do you feel about that? <laughs> do I, do I play a lot? I'm so curious. I'm like, I know of, I know of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not, maybe not prostitutes, but like, um, like woman who might be having an affair. Oh yeah. Or yeah. That one's something. That's, I feel like those are just the writers at that point. Let's say sexually charged roles. How about that? Is that a better way to put it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, all right. So I missed, I missed the, the, what was the question? What's my process for it? Well, no more about like, how do you feel about, about playing roles that are sexy, you know? Um, and do you, and is there any concern that you have about being, um, put into that, into that sex pot bucket. And oh, again, it's not, it's not a dig. It's yeah. just like, are you kidding? Put, like label me up on that. I, <laughs> I would love that. If I could just keep that, please, okay, you know, the way that I look at it is how long is my career going to be? That's fabulous. You're constantly viewed as a sex symbol. Okay. I'll take it. I don't, I don't see my career going that way. That's why I'm like, wow, yeah. this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> No, and to, uh, like for sexually charged roles, I think it's I'm com- I'm very comfortable with it. There are certain things that um, if I feel like the character is morally um, like if I can't get on board with the character, like there are some there are some characters that I've seen in movies where there's no redeeming quality to the character. She's just having an affair with a guy to serve her. That I I honestly think I would have a hard time playing. There needs mm-hmm. to be a redeeming quality to it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It does make sense. So, so it's often said that actors um, can't ju- we can't judge our characters, or we will we will come across as, as being false. Have you ever had an experience with a part where you had to struggle not to judge that person? And how did you handle that? It's funny that you bring that up. Um, Girl Meets World actually like the more I kind of because they were kind of creating the character uh, with the first episode they were still kind of putting the pieces together figuring exactly out who she was and I and I'm I'm sure that's still a process that that is going to continue 
on. But yeah, um, because she's pretty, she's, she's a pretty absentee mother that to get my head around as to why someone would be so absent if they actually do care about their daughter. That was one of the things. And it's so funny because it's like, it's a Disney show. Like really you're doing that much character work for a Disney show. And I would say, yes, I, I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also talk, talk a little bit more about the character you're going to be playing on girl meets world. What's oh. her name? What's your story? Uh, her name is Katie Hart. So mm-hmm. she had, uh, she had Maya who's played by the wonderful Sabrina Carpenter. Um, and she had, she had Maya at a very young age um, and with, with a man who left her um, when Maya was very, very young. And she, it's, it's interesting because her whole, <laughs> her whole dream was to be an actress and she is now uh, waitressing uh, to, to get by. And it's kind of like her focus, if it's, not, if it's not on herself and it's not on acting, it's on waitressing. And it's very, it's pretty much not at all home or with her daughter. And that's, that's the character. It's sad. It's like, isn't it supposed to be a comedy? Um, but yeah. That's, uh, but so how did, how did you connect to that? Well, I would say the, the being an actor and also doing a side job, how do you not <laughs> connect to it? Yeah. Um, but then the, the mother part, um, I guess I, she, I think at the end of the day, she's just really trying her best. And although she's falling short on a number in a number of areas of her life, she's still, she's doing the best that she can, like we all are. So that's kind of how I get on board with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk about um, the journey. So right now you've got a couple of really cool things going on, but you said earlier there's been times in your career where there's been crickets. And of course, we've all had that. How do you deal with those periods of um, extraordinary rejection and depression? Uh, after crying. But. <laughs> 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 I, I pray a lot, um, mm-hmm. but I also, I meditate mm-hmm. and, and then it really depends if it's to a point where I'm just really frustrated. I, I kind of have it out. I have my frustration. I throw my fit all on my own. And then either I sit down at my computer and I start writing something or I call my writing partner and we start batting around ideas. That's right now. Writing is very much an outlet for me to get stuff out or, I'll reach out to friends who, you know, I mean, what's so great about the time period that we're in right now that we're doing this is we have YouTube. I mean, they didn't have YouTube 10, 15, 20 years ago where you could literally, you could create something and put it out and know that people will see it or it's out there for people to find, to see. So I have a number of friends who just do that constantly who are working professionally and just like that creative outlet. So I'll hook up with one of them and we'll just do something fun. And yeah. Stuff like that. yeah. I think that's really key is that is there, you always have the opportunity to be working on something, um, whether or not jobs are coming your way, you always have the opportunity to be doing something. Yes. Like completely understand the frustration that comes with, you know, I, a number of actors complain about their representation. A number of actors complain about, you know, I mean, complain about casting director workshops and they complain about, and there are a gazillion things that you can complain about. But if you're frustrated, a lot of, at least in my experience, a lot of that frustration is really stemming from the fact that you're not being creatively fulfilled and that it's completely, I feel like in this generation, that's on you. You can write, you can shoot something, you can put up a play. You know what I mean? So it's like, have your fit and (laughs) get to work. You know, 
Yeah. Talk a little bit about your meditation practice, because that's something I'm really into. And we don't talk about it a lot, a lot on the show, but I'd like to hear like what type of meditation you do. What's your, what's your practice like? Well, I don't really know if you, if, if it's a, I, I do, I guess the chanting, the, 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 the deep breathing, I focus on, um, I get into a quiet space and I'll do really deep breathing. And I'll, a lot of times I'll just have like resonance in the breaths and that'll pretty much zone me out to a point where I'm just there. And then I'll marry my meditation along with, you know, being grateful and giving thanks. And then that'll lead into visualization and then um, into mantras. Okay. Awesome. That's great. I'm glad. Um, I love hearing about that. <laughs> so lots of people watch Disney, right? Are you prepared for, um, for being recognized on the street? Does that happen to you yet? Like how's that, what's all happening there? It's, um, I, it hasn't really happened. The, the guy at Starbucks rec- recognized me, but it's like, kind of like, but you kind of knew who I was and then I happened to be on your TV. Um, so I wouldn't really count that. Um, so no, I'm, I'm completely open to it. It's funny. My brother-in-law who has my sister and my brother-in-law have three kids and a fourth on the way. So Disney channel is on 24 hours a day at their house. And he called me the other day and he goes, you know, I just want to let you know, um, I right now do not like Katie Hart at all. He's like, I don't like your character and I'm anxious to see who this woman is. So he's like, you might get people who don't like you. So I'm like, okay. So he's kind of prepping me for that, but I'm completely open to it. Are you kidding? As I mean, you know, as an actor, of course. Yeah. I'm open to it. I think I see, it is- I, see for me, I think that sounds like a horrible, I, I, the idea of getting recognized on the street sounds like a, like a, like, like not a fun life to me. Um, I- the celebrity to the point where that it's part, like, yeah, no, no, because that's that's a whole other thing. But no, like having fans and just mm. having people appreciate your work. What? Yeah, that part is all good. I just like I just want to be able to. I like to run around the East Village with no makeup on and looking like this and not feeling like you know I, that it, that I'm going to be letting people down or that I'm going to end up on some you know, fan site or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Now I feel like we're getting to it. Yes. Darby. Um, (laughs) I feel the same way. And I've had numerous conversations with this and I, I almost wonder if so much of that is just in and of itself being a woman in this industry Mm. and feeling like, you know, no one cares about, you know, how, how a guy looks when they're on a talk show, but when it's, you know, when it's a girl, it's very much about her appearance and like, Oh, your shoes are great. Your this is that. And it's like, okay, great. So, all right, if you have an interview, you need to hook up with a stylist. And of course, these are all just like my own crazy thoughts in my head where I'm just like, am I going to live up to that? You know? And I completely have those insecurities daily. Um, so I'm already dealing with that. So if I kind of get the, you're, you're, you're moving in the right direction with your career. Uh, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously you guys are going to see um, Cheryl's picture. She's gorgeous. She has absolutely nothing to worry about. That said, everybody ages. Have you thought about, are, you know, have you experienced any of like, you're, you're obviously a knockout, beautiful, super fit, you know, insanely attractive person. And what you just mentioned about the fact that women now, now this is, this is changing. There are so many better opportunities for older women now, but have you thought about that? Like how you're going to manage your career as you get a little older? Yeah. First off that that's incredibly sweet. And thank you. It's, it's very funny when I living in Los Angeles, you, 
I mean, the pretty people out here, it's insane. Nobody's right? beautiful enough in LA. Everybody is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I feel like uh, there's a part of me that I've always felt older than I was. So even though like when I was 25, I already felt like I was like in my thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, I, I almost feel like I'm never appreciating the skin I'm in, in that moment. I'm always feeling like I look and appear older than I am. So I think that that's a thing that I, I've, I've already dealt with, but when I, but I mean, getting old, I'm totally open to it when it comes to characters. I don't know. I look at it from the standpoint of if you have a character on, it doesn't, it's, it's not about, it's not about this. It shouldn't be about this. It can't, if you're really about the work, it's, it can't be about this. Yeah. I have a remedy for feeling like you're uh, older than you are. Go back and look at some pictures from like 10 years ago and (laughs) shock. It's like when you, you know, I I look back at pictures of of photos that I, when I thought I was fat and I'm not, now I'm like, everything's sagging, menopause is happening. All this shit is going to hell. I do not believe that you are fat. (laughs) You know what I mean though? You look back at pictures where I, oh, when I was 25, I thought I was fat. When I was 25, I was perfect. I would would pay a thousand dollars to be in that body for one hour right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's insane. So wait, is that your remedy? You just you go back and be like, ten years ago, I had it, I had it together. Say, say, I have yeah, say, say that's it's, it's it's I'm not. I should appreciate where I am now because this shit is not getting any better. That's my point. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I I turn a little like cry cry, and I'm just like, but maybe it can. You know what I mean? Thing and I was reading about some some gorgeous like e host or something and like her regimen and she's just like knockout and then I like and and it's just I I don't know I try to wrap my head around that it just yeah. at the same time it's like it's so much work yeah <laughs> like Weird Al Yankovic right he, so Weird Al was in the news the past couple of weeks because he put this new record out and he looks exactly the same as he did in 1985 and I was kind of kvetching about this. Um, somewhere. And one of my friends says, yeah, I used to work with him. He doesn't drink. And I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Oh, man. Yeah. I like not it going there. I do. So um, uh, talk about the difference between New York and LA because you're somebody who has worked a little bit in both markets, right? Yeah. I mean, New York, uh, New York was, it, it, I, I did the whole like equity open call thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that was primarily my experience in New York. Are you a singer as well? I do. I do sing. I'm now, I'm married to a composer and singer songwriter. So I would hardly classify myself as a singer. (laughs) I know what they can do. Um, but but yeah, like I, I do love singing and I love like, oh my gosh, musicals. Uh, like that's like on my iTunes constantly. I drive, mm-hmm. I drive him nuts. <laughs> but as an as an actor, for you, it seems like LA is a better fit. Am I am I wrong on that? Or I would say, I uh, well, what happened for me when I was in New York? I started. I got backstage, so I would read backstage and everything. And what started happening was on the cover of every backstage was some TV star or some film star coming to Broadway, and I was and I kind of made the. Um, observation that it's like, well, it seems like Broadway's turning into Hollywood. So I may as well just go to Hollywood so I can come back here. Um, that's honestly, that was kind of, and then the, you know, the, the equity, the open call, you know, standing in line for X amount of hours and then hoping and praying that you get typed in. That was, that was an experience. And then singing and just constantly questioning, you know, whether or not, you know, you're good enough. 
Um, and, and also I didn't, I lived in the city for a very short time. And because I grew up an hour north of it, it just made more sense for me to, you know, if I had an audition, I would, I would take the train down and then I'd audition and then I'd come back. But I was, I would say that I, I was a little too removed from it. If I were to do it again, I would definitely live in the city and, um, and, you know, try to make it happen that way. But yeah, when I moved out to LA, yeah, the film, the TV, the sitcom world is very much like that's a home for me. But now I feel like so many things are coming to New York. A lot of shows are shooting in New York. And because my family's out there, it's definitely a thought in my mind that I'm just like, how could I get back? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever do commercials or voiceovers, that kind of stuff? I know you're doing an audiobook now. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah, talk so, about that in a minute, but, 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 but tell me if you've done the commercial rounds as well. All right. I, all right. I, sh- I feel like I shouldn't put this out there because I'm a yeah. big believer in energy, but I don't understand the commercials. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a foreign land when I'm in those auditions, when I'm in that room. Have, have you, have you experienced, you, you do commercials. Yeah, right? I've done tons of commercials. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't really do, I don't really do on camera anymore because it's just such a crapshoot. And with VO at least, um, like I know I'm really good at that and I book VO a lot. And so that's really my, that's my main focus in life now. I don't really audition on camera very much anymore, but I used to, I used to, and I used to book it. But what I, what I know about that, I also used to work on the casting side. And so I would, as an assistant, and so I could, I would be in the room sometimes at the callback and you know, they've, they've called back 10 women. They kind of put the headshots on the thing. And sometimes it comes down to, uh, uh, that one. You know, like that, like that. It's, it's, I mean, come on, it's a third, actually like that. (laughs) So it's a, and you guys can't see me, but I was closing my eyes and kind of like, you know, sticking a a donkey tail on to pick the actor. And that, that happened enough that I was like, uh, I'm not, A, I'm not going to stress out about it anymore, but B, I don't really want to do it. (laughs) Like if I'm going to put makeup on, I want to be auditioning for something that is more creatively fulfilling than a Tostitos ad. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And again, I shouldn't put it. I shouldn't put that out out there either because I, the residuals and the money is better mm-hmm. on camera for sure. But the lifestyle for me in voiceover is better. Interesting. Well, you're an yeah. amazing voiceover artist. So. Oh, thank you. Well, talk about your audiobook because um, that's one thing I've kind of um, been a little bit resistant about getting into because it just seems like so much work. Is it a lot of work? It is. It is. It's. You know, what's really great though. The one that I'm doing is um, this. This is my first audio book. Mm-hmm. So I've how long done, is it? It's that's the other thing. It's short. It's only it's only two hundred pages. So that sounds yeah. long, but compared to some novels that are up on a, the website that I got it through was acx.com. Oh sure, yep, yep. Okay. So um, so I just kind of I I always wanted to do voiceover, and I love doing character voices. I, I like my I would love to do a cartoon. That's very much something. I would love to do. So uh, anyways, and we have a studio in, um, in our place. So I was like, all right, we're not making, like I should be making use of this. So I found this, uh, this uh, book. It's about a girl in high school going through the trials and tribulations of boys, essentially. That's pretty much it. So I love it. I feel like I am completely going back and reliving my high school experience. But yes, I do wonder if it was any other book, I would be like, Okay, this is a lot of yeah. work. Yeah, are you doing the editing as well? Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the part, that's the part that takes a long time. That's the part that that scares me off a little bit. Yeah, that. I don't blame you. 
I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got me inspired now because now I feel like I'm lazy and I should try it. Um, okay, I have two other questions for you. The first one, the first one is um, for all the people out there and the kids listening and, and your advice for them. And then secondly, we'll talk about where people can find you. So first of all, what's your parting words of advice and counsel for people out there debating about whether to get started in a career or in the very beginning of their career? Well, if you, if you love it and if you have a passion for it, then do it, you know, like I would definitely get into it, get into like a local production of something. There are plays everywhere in the world. Um, and if you enjoy that, um, and you're near a big market, if you're near LA, if you're near New York, if you're near San Francisco, um, then take a class. I would really kind of, if, if you're really foreign to this whole world and you're just feeling it out, definitely like tiptoe into it, feel it out. And then from that class, it may turn into an audition. I mean, you know how, how easily just sure. attending an improv class someone could be in it that's working on a film. They love your work. You're into that. Um, and then, yeah. And then from a class, you know, you'll meet people and you'll take probably another class and then you'll probably go on an audition and you'll know at, at a certain point whether or not you want to do it. But I would definitely, if you're interested in it, do something local. Yeah, give it a try. Something. Yeah. So you can say that again. Uh, or shoot something, put it up on YouTube, you know, yeah. like just, just put it, you know, just create or, or feel it out, something. All right. So when, are, when is your stuff airing on It's Always Sunny and Girl Meets World? Okay. So It's Always Sunny is going to – the season 10 doesn't even start till January 1st, 2000. Oh, okay. So it's a ways <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I'm wrapped on it, but yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, but Girl Meets World is airing the, my first episode is August 15th. And then, August 15th. Um, and then I'm in the, the season finale of season one. And then okay. they are going back into production in October. So hopefully I'll be, uh, I'll be with them. <laughs> awesome. So we will put, um, hopefully I'll get this show up before August 15th. I probably can. Um, and where can people find you on the internet? If they want to follow your career, where can they find you? Oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah, um, I, my Twitter handle is Cheryl Texera. And that's, um, do you mind if I spell my name? No, spell it out. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll put a link to it on, on the webpage too, but go ahead and spell it just in case people are like ready to do it right now. Oh, right on. Um, C-H-E-R-Y-L-T-E-X-I-E-R-A. And you could just also find me on Facebook. And then my YouTube is, if you just do a Google search of my name, you'll find my YouTube videos. (laughs) Excellent. And your website is CherylTexera.com, spelled the same way, yeah? Yes, that's right. I always, I feel like I always forget about the website. There are so many (laughs) social media things. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. It's like LinkedIn and we got Tumblr and I, I don't know. No, it's crazy. And, and now Instagram is supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Instagram. Instagram. Instagram is fun. You're on Instagram. I'm on it. I'm on it, but I, re- I really only use it. Um, I very occasionally will post a photo on there that I don't share on Facebook. Mostly I use it because there's really good filters and you look hot if you use Instagram filters. You know, like the lighting already. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I'm, I'm convinced that's Beyonce. Beyonce carries around a full lighting crew for her Instagram because she looks like she's been painted. She's got a lighting crew, a Photoshop guy. She's got it all done. (laughs) And then she pre-approves the pictures before they go up, I'm sure. Oh, well, Cheryl Texera, thank you so much for joining us. You are awesome. Guys, you should definitely go check out Cheryl's um, Confessions of a Bitter Sweet Actress because they're quite funny and you will relate to everything you see out there. Thanks, Cheryl.
Oh, thank you so much, Darby. Oh, you're awesome. Okay, so that's going to wrap things up for Everything Acting Podcast. Just before we say bye-bye, I just wanted to say um, an image that I've been holding in my head is um, Robin Williams at the pearly gates of heaven. No matter what you believe, I could just see him being taken into the energy of the universe Mm. and just hearing those really precious words, well done. Mm. You have done your work, sir. You You left it on the outside and you're done. So I'm really happy to see an artist really, you know, fulfill their, fulfill their destiny by leaving so much of, of yourself with us. So thank you for that. Oh, that makes me cry. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks Robin. Yeah. (laughs) We will, we will miss you. We will, we will, but you know, you did it. You did it, sir. You did it. I think that's a good note to end on. We love you guys and we will talk to you again soon. Okay.